Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Before us today is the greatest sermon ever preached. No, dear friends, I'm not talking about my sermon by no means, but a sermon that many people throughout centuries have concluded it's the greatest sermon ever preached. The words of Jesus Christ, the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapters 5 through 7. We're going to discuss a section of this wonderful sermon today. But first, dear friends, A thank you to our Jay Webb for his kind introduction, and you will hear more from Jay throughout our broadcast. He has a couple of free studies that we make available. He'll tell you all about them. And then toward the end, you'll hear about our International Gospel Hour app that you can download to your iPhone and your Android. We are also thankful for you, our listeners. You are wonderful people. Thank you for tuning in and listening to us, for inquiring about our study materials and the kind comments that you send our way. We will always do our best to help you with study materials that we will make available through our broadcast. Within the wonderful Sermon on the Mount, we find, as we begin, what's called the Beatitudes, or as I like to call them, Attitudes to Become. Attitudes or the blessings that are therein, the way that we live our lives. It's a beautiful section of the Sermon on the Mount, and let's begin by reading them. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you, and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Then Jesus concludes the Beatitudes by saying, Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Now as we consider the Sermon on the Mount, sometimes folks fail to look at it in the proper way. Now here's what I mean. When you look at the Sermon on the Mount, it's a breakdown of four parts here in the Beatitudes, the part of the Sermon on the Mount. From the beginning, in Matthew 5, 3, and 4, here is an individual that's poor in spirit, an individual who mourns. Well, when you take a look at that person's life, when you're poor in spirit, you're empty of the spiritual things. We mourn because sin has placed us there. In other words, you can't go up until you hit rock bottom. But in verses 5 and 6, we find, Blessed are the meek. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. The meek, those who desire their strength to be controlled by God, and they hunger and thirst for righteousness. You see, they were not desiring this before. 
So from the beginning in verses 3 and 4 onward to progress in verses 5 and 6, and then we find perfection or maturity in verses 7 through 9. That individual becomes merciful because mercy was placed upon them. They're pure in heart. They are desiring to see God. They are peacemakers. They want peace in lives of others of the peace that they now have. And then, verses 10 through 12, they face the challenges ahead. They are blessed under persecution. They are blessed when individuals revile and persecute them. And then the conclusion, be exceeding glad. Great is your reward in heaven. So in this section of the Sermon on the Mount, it is a pattern of growth and blessings. Truly attitudes that we should become and make them a part of our lives as they reflect Christ in our lives. From the beginning of our lives spiritually to where we're rock bottom, we see progress unto perfection and strength to face the challenges ahead. It's a beautiful section of the text, dear friends. And today, we're going to look at a text in this progress section of Matthew 5-6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, I find the following of interest, as I came across this in some reading, that there is a, in all men a hunger for food, for love, for God. It is passionate hunger and thirst for goodness, for holiness. The word field here in Matthew 5 and verse 6 means to feed or to fatten cattle from the word for fodder or grass, and it's similar to what we find in Mark 6 verse 39 or the green grass. So when we hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled, which means we're able to continue a feeding to nurture ourselves along. The question Are we hungering and thirsting for righteousness with the same desire as a physical hunger or a parched thirst brings upon us? Do we have that same desire spiritually? I submit to you that this is a vital study, kind friends. Let's think on this in a moment, but first, let's hear our J. Webb and let's offer a study to help us fill up in our knowledge of God's Word. Here is our J. Webb. The International Gospel Hour offers a free study titled Developing Leadership. God used everyday people like you and I to be leaders of others. This is a great study. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say leadership. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. 6988. Please leave your name, address, and just say leadership. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type leadership in the message blank. We'll send it right away. And now, let's continue our study. Today, dear friends, as we consider Matthew 5 and verse 6, We're going to look at three areas, the choice to consume, the meals that maintain, and the food that fills. All of these, you'll find the same answer, righteousness. Let's consider the choice to consume. How about righteousness? 
It is defined in Psalm 119.172, My tongue shall speak of your word, for all your commandments are righteousness. In the long ago, let's note the beauty of those that desired and hungered for God and the righteousness therein. In Psalm 63.1 and 2, O God, you are my God, early will I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. How about Isaiah 26 and verse 9? With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, by my spirit within me I will seek you early. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Oh, dear friends, in the long ago... Hear the psalmist and Isaiah the prophet. What a great desire. God's Word should be in the daily diet of every Christian. For God's Word is sufficient to fill us with righteousness. Let's allow 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 to affirm. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The conclusion that the man of God may be perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So as an individual hungers and thirsts for righteousness, we think about, as we study the Word of God, we follow the commandments of God through obedience to His Word. In 1 John 2, verse 29, John wrote to the Christian and said, If you know that He is righteous, you know that everyone that does righteousness is born of Him. In 1 John 3, verse 7, Little children, let no man deceive you. He that does righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. 1 John 3, verse 22, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, because we keep his commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Now, dear friends, do you see the transition there? When we talk about righteousness and we talk about the Word of God and righteousness, we also have to think about the gospel in Romans 1, 16 and 17, to where we see Paul affirming that he is not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, for as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The righteousness of God is revealed through the gospel. Through the scriptures, again, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, there is an instruction in righteousness that it may change our lives. But as we see righteousness is the choice to consume, we also see the end result, that we have a strength from what we feed upon to in turn do and carry forth. It's kind of like a physical meal, dear friends. When I have physical meals to keep my daily strength, then I am able to go out and to do things and to be a productive individual. Think about it this way. Many times in the prayers before meals, we thank the Lord for our food, and then we ask that this food will strengthen our bodies and nourish us to do His will. I've heard that prayer prayed many times at a dinner table. And so, friends, when you and I take a look that from the first John text, and he's writing there to Christians, 
does righteousness, does righteousness do those things that are pleasing in His sight? When we see the choice to consume and we desire righteousness, we see that it will help us to grow. It helps us to be what we need to become, and in turn, we are productive for the Lord. This is the only spiritual food the Christian should desire, and nothing else will satisfy, and that is the food of righteousness, of which we learn from the Holy Scriptures, again, 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17, and then we're able to put it forth in our lives. Now, second, let's look at the meal that maintains, or the meals that maintain, righteousness. Now, one must eat to maintain good health, and the same is true with one's spiritual health. Is it not sad when there are those that no longer have a spiritual hunger? You see, we looked moments ago at the idea of being filled when we hunger and thirst for righteousness. That idea of filled, again, is like to feed or fatten cattle from the word for fodder or grass. I have seen cattle over the years that will just, along the day or during the day, will just constantly uh, eat of grass, the fodder that is along there, uh, along the the, the, uh, the fence or along the area where they are. I, I've seen some cattle stick their head through the fence to get something that seemed to look a little bit more nourishing. Well, when you put all this together, folks, that is the one thing for the child of God. You see, it's a choice to consume it, but we've got to constantly feed upon it. It's a meal that maintains. The late Charles Cobb, a gospel preacher from the Central Church of Christ in Nashville, Tennessee, penned many years ago the following. He said, perhaps one of the most disappointing things that could possibly happen to a hostess is to have slaved in the kitchen preparing a savory meal for guests, have her few or many guests arrive, and then to sit down at the table prepared so wonderfully well by a hostess interested in entertaining her friends to the best of her ability, and then have them say as they look upon this table well laden with food, I am just not hungry. Perhaps it has happened to you. There is certainly a letdown. There is certainly a feeling of disappointment and sometimes a feeling of chagrin. These people whom I have invited to come and partake of these blessings of life that God has bestowed upon me and which I have worked to prepare are just not hungry. What a disappointment! Friends, how do you think the Lord feels? After having made preparation over a period of 4,000 years to save the souls of men by their partaking of the spiritual blessings which God in His mercy has given. How do you think God feels toward those who would say, if they stated the matter honestly, I am just not hungry? Surely God is disappointed. God is disappointed at this very moment because there are those who claim to be Christians who are just not hungry. Dear friends, when we fail to partake of righteousness and we fail to grow, we're going to weaken. Either one is going forward or one is going backward. It's one or the other. You know, I think about how I see a lot of parallel of physical food and physical drink from the Scripture. This would be another broadcast in and of itself, but let's notice these. 
How about a meal that maintains? How about the milk unto life? In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2, Peter speaks of those who are babes to desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. That's 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 2. That is a meal that will maintain, but we understand just like an infant that would partake of milk, that infant has to move onward to stronger meat, as we'll see in a moment. A child cannot live on milk all of its life. It has to go to other foods, and it has to grow to where they mature, to where they no longer need the mother's milk of their maturity. How about in John chapter 6, a meal that maintains would be the bread of life. In John chapter 6, verses 32 through 35, Jesus answered unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven, and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, he that believeth on me shall never thirst. So here is a meal that maintains the bread of life, Jesus Christ. When we go back just a couple of chapters in John chapter 4, we find a meal that maintains the water of life. We know that water is necessary for our bodies. Our bodies is comprised, our bodies are comprised rather of two-thirds water. And when you and I consider Jesus the water of life, what did he tell that sweet woman at the well in John chapter 4 and verse 10? If you knew the gift of God and who it is that said unto thee, Give me to drink, and would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Jesus went on to explain that he was that true water, and whoever would partake of him would not thirst again. Then we find back in John chapter 7 and verse 37, the affirmation of Jesus with the water of life, to where he stood in that great day at the feast and cried, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. How about another meal that maintains the meat for life? When we go to Hebrews chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, we consider there the writing there of the individual, the Hebrew writer who penned by inspiration of what we should be partaking of. When he said in Hebrews 5, beginning with verse 12, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We can notice of the meal that maintains, and that is righteousness, the milk unto life, First Peter 2 and verse 2, as babes. But as we're affirmed here in Hebrews 5, 12 through 14, there comes a time that we need to move off the milk or the principles and move onward to that of strong meat to grow. Jesus being the bread of life and the water of life, well, with the meals that maintain that we see here and the diet of righteousness, one will increase his or her spiritual weight 
and their health will be nourished. Isn't this wonderful to consider? Isn't this a beautiful thought? Dear friends, I want to pause here. Our J-Webb is going to come back. We have a special meal, if you will, from the International Gospel Hour, our free home Bible study that our J-Webb will share. Your friends at the International Gospel Hour are offering absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You may study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. Feel free to give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and please leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things of God. And now, back to Jeff. Let's now notice the food that fills. We've seen the choice to consume, which is righteousness, the meals that maintain righteousness, and the food that fills, righteousness. There is an interesting account within the the story, or the account rather, of the prodigal son in Luke 15 and verse 17. When the prodigal son remembered the bread his father's hired servants were fed, he recalled they had bread enough and to spare. That's beautiful. There is always plenty left over at the father's table. When our Master, the Lord Jesus Christ, speaks of filling ourselves with righteousness, there is always plenty of food to spare, and how thankful we are. I want to go back to Romans, the 15th chapter, for just a moment and share with you verses 13 and 14. For in Romans 15 and 13, we find about filling ourselves. Love this thought here. When Paul says in Romans 15:13, "Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit, and I myself also am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are all full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another." Writing here to the Christian, he tells them that there's joy and peace in believing. There is goodness and knowledge of which we can fill ourselves. To affirm from Ephesians 3.19, even the fullness of God. And the conclusion in Colossians 2 and verse 10, And you are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. Dear friends, it is the only food that will fill one spiritually. One's hunger and thirst for righteousness must be filled with that which is good and right, and nothing else will satisfy. As we examine these texts and we see bread enough and despair, and then such words as joy and peace and goodness and knowledge and fullness to be complete in Christ Jesus, that indeed righteousness, the food that fills, bread enough and despair, and of all the things that pertain to righteousness. Dear friends, what a wonderful thought. What a wonderful study for us to consider and to think upon these things. 
Dear friends, we're going to wrap up our study in just a moment, but as I mentioned at the first of our broadcast, our Jay Webb will have a few words about the International Gospel Hour app. And here's the app and how you can download it, rather, to your iPhone and your Android. Our Jay Webb once again. The International Gospel Hour app is available for your iPhone or Android. Go to the App Store for iPhones and Google Play for your Android. Search International Gospel Hour and download our app absolutely free. You can have access to our website, social media, podcasts, our YouTube channel, and other resources, all by the touch of your finger in the palm of your hand. Please download the International Gospel Hour app today. The choice to consume, the meals that maintain, and the food that fills. Righteousness. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And there's always bread enough and to spare. Those that continually hungered and thirst after righteousness will be filled completely when they enter into the beautiful home of the blessed. And then we learn this from Revelation 7, 16 and 17. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them into living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That means when this old world ends, dear friends, the individual that is prepared to meet the Lord, the one who will judge the world in righteousness, according to Acts 17.31, he will judge with the words that he has spoken in John 12 and verse 48. Dear friends, may we ask this question, do you need to begin your life with a better hunger and thirst. When we hear the Word of God, according to Romans 10:17, we're able to believe it, and that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We believe in Christ as He commands in John 8:24. We embrace His command of repentance in Luke 13:3. We will confess Him before men, Matthew 10:32 and 33, and then we're baptized upon His commandment from Mark 16:15 and 16, and added to His church that He promised to build. Would you love to know more? Dear friends, let's continue our studies together another time, shall we? Thanks for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie, and dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site internationalgospelhour.com